Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at luminousanglican.com. Today we're looking at Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning and hired laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out at about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he said the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you made us equal to us, who was born the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give the last the same I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the gospel of our Lord. In this parable of the generous landowner, there is so many layers of insight. The landowner goes out and does what he does in such a way that seems extravagant. It seems a little strange according to our vantage point and our cultural norms. And what's interesting after a story like this, writer Mary Gordon, in her book, Reading Jesus, answers God's question with a painful honesty. And here's the question again, am I not allowed to do what I choose to do what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? Well, Mary Gordon says, yes, yes. I am envious because you are generous. I am envious because my work has not been rewarded. I am 
envious because someone has gotten away with something. Envy has eaten my heart. I truly appreciate Gordon's candor because really, if this parable doesn't offend us at least a little, and we're not really paying attention, we know what our version of fairness is and we know how it's supposed to play out. Equal pay for equal work seems fair. Equal pay for unequal work doesn't seem fair. Having our sincere efforts noticed and praised feels right. Having them ignored isn't. Rewarding hard work and ambition seems fair. Excusing sloth and sloppiness, tardiness, just doesn't seem fair, does it? So there's an invitation here for us to hold some things up to the light. If the landowner in Jesus's parable represents God, there is a new way of looking and seeing for us to open to. This isn't a sort of kingdom that we would create. Certainly not what we have created. You don't earn your way to the top here. There is no top. God, as it turns out, does not believe that the best place to be is at the front of the line. God isn't interested, as we so often are, in showing our favor to the best, to the biggest, to the brightest, to the loudest, to the first. The workers with the most elite educations and efficiencies. In fact, the owner in Jesus's story doesn't judge his workers by their hours. He doesn't obsess, obsess over why the workers are able to start at dawn and others are not, while others are idle, why they were. This isn't the sort of kingdom. Jesus is saying, it's not about the pay, it's about the work. You don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps in this situation. You just take his hand. Cole Arthur Riley in This Here Flesh writes something really important for us in this context. In response to the risk and need around us, we have constructed systems around labor that leave even the hardest workers vulnerable in deficit. Labor is no longer a gift. How could it be with one withering from hunger? Labor instead becomes a means to an end, not an avenue for flourishing, but a transaction for survival. This is a grim human development where no one wants to spend their days merely surviving. When the workday is over, what concerns the landowner is not who deserves what. All he cares about is that every worker ends the day with enough. At least that seems to be what's happening here. Enough wage, enough dignity, 
enough capacity to go home and feed their family. Sufficient security, maybe peace of mind. A reliable sense of accomplishment and belonging. The early bird and the latecomer. The able body and the infirm. The young and the old. The popular and the forgotten. Are you envious because I am generous? Asks God here. Or literally in the Greek. Is your eye evil because I am good? Maybe if God's generosity offends us, maybe in this story, in in the bigger picture, it's because we don't have the eyes to see where we actually are in this story. How beautiful and expansive the grace and kindness of God is. The landowner wants these people to experience the radical generosity maybe for the first time he wants them to relinquish their anger and live freely he wants them to use their plenty to build longer tables not higher walls perhaps this land isn't his to have but his to nurture to care for So what if we looked at God in this light? What if we held this story up to the light and said, we are gods to nurture and care, not to be owned, but to be freed. These stories are for us, stories for us right now, stories for the times we live in. The future of creation itself depends on human beings recognizing our fundamental connection and for the good of all. We aren't to simply sit back and watch it burn. What's fair for me isn't good enough if it leaves you in the dark to die. My sense of justice is not just if it mocks the weeping of another. The vineyards of this world thrive only when everyone has a place of dignity and purpose within them. The time for all selfish and stingy notions of fairness cannot hold. My friend, Rachel Held Evans, used to write commentary for the lectionary in the rhythms of each Sunday. And it was a beautiful practice and expression. I miss her. I miss her heart. I miss her voice. I miss her antagonizing wisdom. (laughs) She wrote this about this passage, about this parable. We think the miracle that is our co-workers get to share in the reward, that the miracle, but the miracle is that any of us get to share in this work. 
The miracle is that God comes to the marketplace, pulls us up, hands us a shovel, baskets, clippers, and puts us to work. If we want in on this kingdom, if we want in on this work, we best set aside our small notions of what it means to deserve, what it means to be fair, what it means to earn. Because what makes God's grace offensive isn't who it leaves out, but who it lets in. Starting with you and me, fair's got nothing to do with it. So could it be that the good news is so good that it would change the way we live? The way we wonder, the way we hope, the way we work. No more merely surviving, but flourishing in the light and love of our maker. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you.